Good morning, everybody. Today's reading is from Revelations, chapter 22, 1 to 7. Um, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruits, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp of this, because of the sun will light it up. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who kept the words of prophecy written in this scroll. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning, everybody online including my son Rob, who I hope is watching in Milton Keynes. Phew, what a week. I can honestly say it's been a toughie, a really tough week. It started on Monday, as it tends to do. Something happened at work, and I thought, you've got to be joking. I managed to hold it together, get through the challenges of the day, but by evening, I was totally spent. And then, I heard a scream from the kitchen. I walked in, and there was Jane, holding the kitchen mixer tap in her right hand, <laughs> whilst a geezer of mains pressure water was jet washing the kitchen tops, the ceiling, and the floor. It was just at that moment as I surveyed a scene of devastation, that the feeling hit me. I'd hit the bottom. I'd gone through the sediment, and I'd hit the solid rock of hopelessness. So I'm stood here wondering, am I alone? Am I the only one in church this morning who has had a tough week? Am I the only one who has experienced the immovable rock of hopelessness. So I'd like to, you to give me a show of hands. Give me a show of hands, or if you're on YouTube, just enter in the chat, yes, that's been me too. Show of hands, please. Anybody else had a tough week this week? Thank you. I'm not alone. I already feel better, and I hope you do too. So those of you who have had that feeling this week, or had that feeling before, or are thinking there might be a feeling that comes again sometime soon, 
I want you to imagine that moment when you hit the rock. And then I want you to listen to these verses from Revelations once again. Don't worry about what the words mean. Just listen with your heart. Listen with your emotional right brain, not your analytical, logical left brain. Listen from that place of hopelessness. After all, Revelations is a vision, a dream, a piece of poetry. It is a right brain whisper, not a left brain thesis. Here we go. Let's listen again and listen from our hearts. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great streets of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angels to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. So church, do you feel it? Do you feel the hope in these words? Is the spring of hope bursting through that barren rock of hopelessness? The waters of life, the river, the great city, the tree of life, crops, fruit, healing, no more nights, trustworthy and true. Look, I am coming soon. These are mighty, hopeful words and visions and promises. They make us feel better because they are words of hope. This is a vision of the end times, a happy, joyous ending to the story that started in the Garden of Eden, paradise lost, and then paradise finally regained. As one commentator summarizes this passage, at the end times, the chain reaction of all human sin will be ended, and all sin for all time will be corrected. Not just the tears we shed and cause now, but all the tears that have ever been shed and all the tears that have ever been caused throughout all human history. Wow, what a vision. What a promise. Look, I am coming soon. It will be all right in the end. So if it is not yet all right, it is not yet the end. But do we believe it? Do we live it out in our day-to-day lives? Are we, as the church, the Shirley Baptist Church, are we a people of hope? And how do we hold on to that hope for ourselves and others when the waters run dry and we hit the rock? Imagine if we were such a people of hope, a people who knew that everything will be all right in the end. How would it be to live like that, always knowing, always hopeful, always in Eden? And of course, there have been people in the Bible who have been great people of hope. Abraham was the father of hope. 
when he and Sarah dared to believe that God would provide them with a child. David was the king of hope when he died, still believing that his son Solomon would build the temple in Jerusalem that he had failed to build. Isaiah was the prophet of hope when he foretold these very verses in Revelation by declaring in the Old Testament, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. Be glad and rejoice forever. There's that feeling again, hope. And Stephen was the apostle of hope when he confessed to the Sanhedrin in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 54. It is said, when the council members heard Stephen's speech, they were angry and furious. But Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He looked towards heaven where he saw our glorious God and Jesus standing at his right side. Nothing could intimidate Stephen's hope, not even the prospect of a violent death. Look, I am coming soon. Everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not yet the end. Yet Abraham, David, Isaiah, Stephen, these are people from the dim and distant past. Who are the people of hope today? After all, it can be hard to be a people of hope in this world of ours. To help us answer this question together, I'd like to draw on the experience of two people who could easily have succumbed to hopelessness but I've found a way to overcome this and move forward. Firstly, I'd like to share the story of Nick Vyacek, a Christian evangelist, motivational speaker, who was born in Australia with no arms and no legs. How many of you have come across Nick Vyacek before? Nick is a person of hope, and I think we can best understand his hope by listening to a song he recorded called Something More. Matt, can we share the song, please? Where do we go when hope runs out? When we're empty? When there's nothing left? I don't want 
tried to drown myself, but I couldn't do it. God had a plan for my life to give hope to other people through my story. Today, Nick Vajicic is married with four children. children. He speaks to thousands of people around the world, and he types at 25 words per minute. He has not received a miracle, but he has become one. Next, I would like to talk about some people of hope who are much closer to home than Nick Vajicic. In fact, they are with us in the church today. Seven weeks ago, Rosalind Ola and Alisa flew to the UK from Slovakia, having fled the war in Ukraine. Jane and I have found the family to be a great people of hope, and I'd like to invite Rosalind to come up and share their story of hope. So, Ruslan, um, when you were in uh, Slovakia and we were exchanging lots of WhatsApp messages, lots of frustration because not getting the travel visas and everything to, to bring you over here, but I wanted to ask you, what was the closest you came to losing hope? So, good morning, friends. Huh? Is it okay? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were very tolerant. We were waiting for a long time and we, we had hope that we come here and will be safe. But uh, during this long period of wait, we start to lose hope. And the closest, uh, the, the critical point was uh, at the moment when you don't have the vision of future. The future is vague. There, it is absent. So no clarity. 
and no any real practical support, no results of this waiting and efforts and all attempts. So I would say that at this moment you uh, lose self-confidence and uh, trust to yourself. That was uh, the, the biggest problem. Thank you. And when you felt hopeless, what helped you and the family keep going? First of all, our daughter. <laughs> so she gives us hope in any situation. Of course, people around, around us in Slovakia and uh, people here, you, Jane, and all of you who uh, hoped, who prayed for us. So at this moment, uh, the critical one, uh, probably the most important thing was, uh, was uh, um, to feel the solution. Maybe not understanding it, but feeling the way out. Thank you. And now you are here in the UK and safe. What are your hopes for the future? First of all, uh, our hopes are about our country, about our motherland, and uh, I'm sure and we are sure that we'll win and restore our land and uh, our independence. But we hope that it will happen much sooner than everybody expect expects. Thank you. Thank you, Ruslan. So, Nick Vajacic, a person of hope, Ruslan and the family, a family of hope. Look, I am coming soon. Everything will be all right in the end. And so if it's not all right, it's not yet the end. From these stories, we start to realize that hope is not just a promise about the future. It is also an energy and an attitude in the present. Hope is its own justification. Hope is its own reason. So, Shirley Baptist Church, are we a people of hope? How do we foster an attitude of hope? What are we motivated to do by these verses from Revelations, the biblical stories of hope? the stories of Nick Vajacic and Ruslan and his family. The theologian Tom Wright has written a fabulous little book called Surprised by Hope, which really focuses upon these questions. I want to share a couple of passages from the book where Tom Wright is talking about how being a people of hope is not just about having a vision for the future, but is how we show up as Christians today. First, he says, what we can and must do in the present if we are obedient to the gospel, if we are following Jesus, and if we are indwelt, energized, and directed by the Spirit, is to build for the kingdom today. What you do in the Lord is not in vain. You are not oiling the, the wheels of a machine that is about to fall over a cliff. You are not restoring a great painting that's shortly going to be thrown on the fire. You are not planting roses in a garden that's about to be dug up for a building site. In a later passage, Tom Wright motivates us to do something with this hope when he says, every act of love, gratitude, and kindness, every work of art or music inspired by the love of God, every minute spent teaching a severely handicapped child to read or to walk, every act of care and nurture for one's fellow human beings, and of course, every prayer 
all spirit-led teaching, every deed which spreads the gospel and makes the name of Jesus honored in the world. All of this will find its way through the resurrecting power of God into the new creation which God will one day make. Basically, Tom Wright is saying you can't have a mission-shaped church if you don't have a hope-filled mission. If we are a people of hope, then we are building the great city, the new Jerusalem, and we are building it today. Wow. Look, he is not just coming soon. He is coming now. He is coming now because we have already experienced the end in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, happy day. So as I bring this sermon to a close, I have my own vision for the people of this church. I have a vision of a people walking out into the bright light of Stratford Road with a smile on their faces. A people who can't stop rejoicing. I have a vision of a people who can afford to be patient and resilient because they know the ending. A people who don't know when they are beaten because we know he will never be beaten. A people who are on a mission not because we feel sorry for other people, but because we don't know what else to do with the hope we have been given other than to share it abundantly with others. And then they will say of these people, look, there go the people of the way. They are coming soon. They are coming now, and they are bringing him with them. So if we are to be a people of hope, what do we need to do differently? Those of you who showed your hands at the beginning of the sermon, said you'd had a tough week, those of you who thought about that moment of hopelessness, please think again of that situation that you started with today. That situation that feels hopeless. It could be to do with yours or other people's health. It could be to do with your job or your relationships. It could be to do with the situation in the world at large. Then ask yourself the question, how would a person of hope be handling this? In a moment, I'm going to bring the microphone out and just invite anyone to share what they're inspired to do. You don't have to talk about that situation, but, what, but just what are you inspired to do when you think about being a person of hope? And those who are watching online, if you want to share anything in the chat about what you're inspired to do to be a person of hope, then please take that opportunity. But first, let me give you my answer. I mentioned to you at the beginning that last week I had a work situation which made me feel hopeless. Knowing I was delivering this sermon to you today and I was asking this question, I worked hard to find the hope in my own situation and to act from that place. As I prayed and asked for God's help, here's what I heard God say. Don't give up, keep going. Be brave, do it for me. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Be patient. The darkest hour is before the dawn. Most of all, trust me, O ye of little faith. So, that's my little message to myself. But I would love to hear from anyone in the church who just wants to share anything about what they're inspired to do around any situation of hopelessness but might be hovering over you today. Did I see a hand there? Yep.
you. I need the mic because most of you know I've got Parkinson's and it's still in my voice. But uh, one of the things about Parkinson's is has put me in touch with the building next door, the Solihull Village. And uh, we're now moving, we've now moved into uh, an apartment there. And I decided that I would keep a low profile. I didn't, uh, I didn't want to be involved in too much. But it has somehow come about that I've got about four friends in there now that uh, I have befriended and have a concern for them. And I pray, I pray for them. And uh, I, I feel for them and I, I love them. And uh, I just feel that God has given me another round, another day to fight. So from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope, what a, what a great story. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else got to gotta share on this lady at Glynis? Yeah. I've put a verse on the um, front screen of my phone that I turn to when everything gets really difficult and I'm not sure which way to turn. Uh, it came to me in a sermon back in, um, must have been last October, and I put it on the screen then, and it's Philippians 4.13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And when I can't do it, that's what I turn to. Thank you, Glynis. Maybe one more, one final uh, share. Anybody got something on their heart that they just want to share on this theme of hopelessness and hope. Thank you. Just pass that along, please. I just find that speaking about Christ to someone just lifts me up. It might be a neighbor who's in need, or it might be someone in the street to whom I feel led just to give a, a Christian booklet. And their response, because I believe God is leading me, is always so uplifting and encouraging me. And all that gives me hope. Thank you. Thank you. So, hope there's that feeling of, of hope that's bubbling through. And that as you leave today, that you might continue to think about being a people of hope. And how we might uh, show up with that confidence that we know he is coming soon. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the honor of speaking in your name in church today. We thank you for all the people of hope, past, present, and future. We thank you for those biblical role models, Abraham, David, Isaiah, Stephen, people of hope. We thank you for Nick Vyachik and the No Arms, No Legs ministry, a ministry of hope. We thank you for Rosalind Ola and Elisa, a family of hope. And Lord God, help us to turn our moments of hopelessness into moments of hope. For you have made a promise to us, a promise that you are a God of hope. You made this promise to us through these verses in Revelations, 
Look, I am coming soon. And the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Look, I am here now. May we let your hope into our hearts right now and then take it with us into this new week. And when we enter into all the challenging situations of the days ahead, may we hear them say of us, there goes a person of the way, there goes a person of hope. When they see our faces, may your name be on our foreheads, shining with your light, knowing that you will reign forever and ever until the ends of the earth. In his holy and mighty name, amen.